Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. He is just an obsessive goal scorer. They have to understand I chose to, to stay in my country because I'm French. And... I've got a problem with soccer to be fair. Football. Oh, what a start! All what I can guarantee to you is that they want to keep everything secret. the champions youtube friends dropping your comments and those questions in the chat and make sure you hammer the like and subscribe buttons as we preview this week's top uefa action including champions league semi-final and how's the champions today we got james benj and michael hood boys how you doing michael start with you you first and foremost i got a big smile on your face you look refreshed <laughs> yeah went celebrated my first anniversary with my missus so happy anniversary babe love you but had to come back for the uefa champions league Missed you guys. Never thought I'd say that, but it's official. I do miss you guys. I love this team. Love what we do. I don't know why you didn't well, get the note on the, the red polo shirts. I was very clear about that beforehand. I was also a little bit surprised because, you know, Manchester United didn't have necessarily uh, the best performance yesterday and rocking a lead scarf with a city blue colored polo shirt, probably not the best intro to the day. But James, you're wearing red and uh, for the right reason, top performance this weekend from the Gunners. Yes, it was very, it was a very good, very enjoyable game. Uh, I think the title for for Arsenal is um, probably still gone, but uh, if you can get to ninety points, at least you make City win it. I mean, we're going to come on to talk about City a lot. Um, I just think no one really stands a chance against them, uh, and without wishing to spoil too much of what I'm going to say in the City section, I would include Real Madrid in that. <laughs> and I've that'll be the show all, thanks to everybody for watching House of Champions <laughs> this time around we'll see you next time let's get into it I mean the road to Istanbul continues with the Champions League semi-final Real Madrid against Manchester City we have AC Milan against Inter the Milan Derby let's begin with the game taking place on Tuesday Real Madrid against Manchester City and because you're wearing City blue I'm going to start with you Michael Hood I mean first and foremost I don't really want to go into the game I want to get your thoughts on what Pep Guardiola did to Erling Haaland this weekend after Gundogan missed that penalty oh. kick. I mean, just the power trip <laughs> movement from Pep Guardiola right there. What was your thoughts seeing that? That was crazy. 
I, I thought Pep was in every right. Look, on the field, you want your – whoever's getting that that hat trick, that's a feel-good factor for him. But this is the business end of the freaking season. In the press conference after, I thought Guardiola was spot on because look at what happened after Gundogan missed the penalty kick. They had to sweat it out. Those are extra minutes. You were in complete control. Guardiola quoted to say – in the business end of the season, I want my go-to striker, my go-to goal scorer taking the penalty. I don't think we'll ever see that from Erling Holland because he has been their talisman so far this season. James? Well, he's the one that pumped his last penalty somewhere into, uh, I don't know, it was over the, over the border going. into, uh, yeah, into yeah. the Czech Republic or somewhere, wasn't it? It was flying. Um, so, I mean, it's Man City in penalties, isn't it? It's fascinating that possibly the, the greatest team in world football um, is incapable of kicking a ball in an, a stationary ball in the net from 12 yards out. Uh, the, and the one thing I would say about this tie is if it gets, if Madrid somehow get it to penalties, by God, there's not a chance in the world that City are winning. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I, I think that's a great point right there. And the reason why I wanted to bring it up because it's very possible that this tie could go to penalty kicks or we will see at least one penalty kick over the two games with uh, how offensive both teams are. Obviously, Real Madrid, James, coming off the back of success domestically in the Copa del Rey, first time they lifted it, if I'm not mistaken, in nine years. Obviously, great to see them lifting the trophy. Um, I love to see this club having success uh, under Ancelotti, a big fan of his. But this is um, this is maybe the confidence booster at the right time, recognizing that Manchester City is going to be a very tough task for even Real Madrid. I don't think Real Madrid need much in the way of confidence. And I mean, I'm glad that you're glad to see Real Madrid having success. It's so hard for them to find, isn't it? It's real. <laughs> their fans have really had to slog it out between May 2022. Oh, no, wait, there was the Club World Cup as well, wasn't there? Been a real tough few months since whenever that was. I can't remember. And the Copa del Rey final. Um, but they've, they've hunkered down. They've got through it. No La Liga title. I mean, look, I think this Madrid team is better than last year's Madrid team. And you see that in every Champions League game. Set aside those mad 20 minutes at Anfield and what we've seen is a, a dominant team, composure, all the young players, most notably Camavinga, Rodrigo, they've taken the step up. The oldies haven't taken a step back yet. They're still going. Luka Modric and Tony Cruz, they see Jude Bellingham over the horizon and they're like, wait your turn, mate. We've got this for now. They are a much better team. And if you look at the if you look at how little Thibaut Courtois had to do this season compared to last, I think Militao is another who, who looks really strong and, and they will miss him a lot in this tie. Madrid are better than they were. I don't think that's anywhere near good enough, but I, I'm sure we'll come, come on to talk about Man City. I, it's really, especially me that spent all of last season set telling you this is the moment that Real Madrid get caught out. I'm very hesitant about saying this is the moment Real Madrid mm -hmm. get caught out, but... This is the moment Real Madrid get caught. <laughs> I'm so glad we're talking about this, James, because I remember being on the pod and hearing you and even watching HQ and all the different hits and seeing you go back and forth and hearing those words. This is it. This is it. This is it. This year, I know I brought a lot of Drake curses, and I'm just going to talk once about my team, Manchester United. I brought the Drake curse to them after the Arsenal-Newcastle match. So I'm tempted to not even mention anything about Real Madrid, but I can't root for Manchester City. But being... A member of House of Champions, I have to do my job in saying that Manchester City look unbeatable 
until they play against Real Madrid in the UEFA Champions League. This is a Madrid side that is built for cup competition. You saw it in the Copa del Rey. You've seen it in the championship or the Champions League. They're di- they're just a different class. They know when to turn it on, and it's what's cost them in La Liga. It's You can't turn it on. You can't turn it off. They're, their best player from last season, reigning Ballon d'Or winner, Kareem Benzema, he plays when he wants, and that's led the door open for their true talisman, the new kid on the block, Vinny Jr. to be the face of the team, to be the difference maker. And boy, has this kid been a difference maker in Europe. Six goals, six assists. And to take it up a notch, he loves to play against English sides. He's gotten, what, out of the six goals, six assists, three because goals, Because that's all five Real Madrid are playing at the moment. They only have to <laughs> play English you can only play. Champions you League. can only play who's in front of you. And English teams have been the gold standard in world football for a long time. And for a player that young to be showing up in the ways that he has against some of the best sides in the world, that is world-class and first-class. I think uh, Karim Benzema's statistic is a little crazier than that. His last 11 Champions League goals have come against English opposition, which is a crazy statistic. I mean, okay, he didn't score many goals early on in this Champions League campaign, didn't play many games early on in this Champions League campaign. Let's stick with Real Madrid, uh, James, uh, because Rafa's saying you can never rule out Real Madrid. Um, We do have uh, Madrid going for 15. Watch and see us do it again from Arnaldo Cantero. (laughs) We have Ala Madrid from uh, Oscar. He's jumping in there. We have, um, oh, Rafa's jumping in and having a little dig at you, James Bench here, Ooh. saying how on earth can we take James Bench seriously here? And he said, Chelsea, we're going to get past Real Madrid. Okay, seriously now, <laughs> thanks for that comment, Rafa. We appreciate you. Um, uh, but how do you expect Real Madrid to approach these two ties? Because you, you can't not just play the Real Madrid way against City. City are far too good. Hmm. We've watched Manchester City this season get better. Obviously, you have Erling Haaland. But I think the players around Erling Haaland have got better. Statistically, if you look at Kevin De Bruyne, for example, obviously, he scored more goals last year because he had to. He had to step up. Didn't have a killer um, in and around that penalty area. Um, but now his statistics um, on the um, assists are insane. He's cl- touching 30 assists this season across all competitions. So they, they've had to rotate and change their games. But every single player around Erling Haaland is playing better. I just don't know how Real Madrid could potentially approach this game tactically to stop them. This is the point, and you've, you've hit the nail on the head there, Ian. Uh, let's run through a few scenarios of what they might do. They might be able to dominate possession, keep the ball. Bayern Munich did that. They had about 65% possession in both ties and actually didn't turn that into all that much because City will play, whether it's the four centre-backs or I think they'll bring in Kyle Walker to deal with Vinicius and they'll be absolutely fine. They'll have no worries there. They have... I was looking at this this stat. They have given up fewer shots to opposition inside the box than... 29 teams that started the Champions League group stage. There are teams that have played six games. Barcelona played six games, gave up more shots inside the box than City have in 10. And you see that stat there. 10 games, four goals conceded. It's still the best defensive record in the Champions League. So that's what happens if Madrid can keep the ball. Say Madrid hunker deep. They go, right, let's ride out the storm here. Well, you're going to get cut to ribbons. They'll get to the byline. They'll cut it back for Ilkay Gundogan. They will always find a spare man. Okay, Madrid don't do this very often, but let's say they press. Let's say they really go, let's let's disrupt City at source. Um, I saw Arsenal try and do that and actually did quite well for about 15 minutes, specifically on pressing uh, at the Etihad. Uh, and then all John Stones has to do is hoof it long to that gigantic... Uh, Norse god uh, that leads the line <laughs> and he'll just knock it on you know I mean they can beat you in the same way that Barcelona have 
Pep Guardiola's vintage beat you. But they can also beat you in the same way that Wimbledon would beat you in the 1980s. You can hit it long to the big man and have Kevin De Bruyne running off them. That's that's the challenge is I don't know how Madrid beat City. I know how City beat City. You know, they do that thing they do in the Champions League and, they, you know, they miss a load of, of good chances and they get inside right. their heads and they blow it that way. I don't see what Madrid can do that. I mean, they're, you know, they can play well and make it easier for themselves, but I don't see what the, that, that thing, that tactical tweak that Ancelotti can make that will give him the X factor. I think Ed is jumping on the back of you here, James. He said, we all saw that City had Real on the ropes this time last year. They wasted a lot of good chances. Now they have the best marksman of his generation. Mm. I can't see them wasting the chances this time around. Take it away, Mike. Yeah, I, I want to say that, but this is a Real Madrid side. One player that we don't talk about enough, that we haven't talked about enough, Rodrigo. That is why Manchester City did not have their name on the Champions League. I think very much so last season, if City would have gotten to the Champions League final, they were in such a high wave. Everything was going their way. I think they would have beaten Liverpool in the final. Those were some of the best games we saw. But enter Rodrigo. This kid has taken his game to a different level. Last season, Real Madrid, it was left side, strong side. So often this season, it's been left side, strong side. In the Champions League, enter Rodrigo, who gives them more balance on that right-hand side. He's not an out-and-out winger. He floats in and around. He can come inside, combine. He can play off the shoulder of the defensive midfielder. He can play in and beyond Kareem Benzema. He gives them a different X factor. And in the Copa del Rey final, this guy is a killer in the box. He can score the most beautiful of goals. He can score the ugly goals. And he gives Madrid that extra lifeline that they will need in a game of the biggest proportions. I mean, he will have to play the game of his life. And Vinny Jr. will also have to have one of his best games yet. Just to clarify here, uh, Mike, because I think we can all kind of tell you're leaning that Real Madrid could knock Man City out of the two ties here. I, I think so. I, I think that maybe not in the first leg. I can see City edging them. But I think across the two legs, I'm favoring Real Madrid in this tie. Well, first leg, obviously, you would have to imagine that Real Madrid will need to give themselves the best possible opportunity in that second leg to have a chance. Mm -hmm. You cannot lose that game. If you lose that game, then it's going to be very difficult mm -hmm. in that second leg to get... Um, a victory there. Um, but I guess if anyone can, Real Madrid can. Now, we got a great comment coming in, and uh, I want to read it all for you. I want you to take your time while you listen to this one from Ari Roy. Apparently, Yaya Toure's curse has been lifted. Apparently. Now, let me get into a bit of detail. Producer Des put some in my notes here for you. The European curse has been lifted. Yaya Toure's agent, Dimitri Seluk. I think it's time for this bitterness to stop. And I know that Yaya feels the same because he wishes nothing but success for City. I can say that the spell has now been lifted by the Shamans. And that I think City will win the Champions League under Pep Guardiola. They have a good chance of winning it this year. But whatever happens, they will definitely win it in the next Three years. Oh, three-year plan for Pep Guardiola. I'm sure he's delighted to hear that one. Uh, City, let's turn our attention to them. How did they approach this game, James? Because Manchester City, you've watched them very, very closely, uh, certainly this season, but in recent weeks in particular. Um, dismantle teams defensively. I love the way you pointed that out there. The way they've managed to manipulate the back line, especially on the left-hand side. When an injury happens and a Kanji comes in and takes care of all your problems and looks like he's the best freaking left-back that there is out there playing in a three playing on a five doesn't really matter but they have players who will just slot into position and it's business as usual and i personally expect it to be the same against real madrid with the uh, whatever 11 goes with for pep guardiola 
Yeah, I, I think what we'll see here is a city of, of greater physicality than Madrid have experienced and that a lot of teams have, have experienced in recent years. It, it, it's, you know, the, the the logical way of them going about this, you'll see John Stones really stepping into midfield in possession and he does that so well. What that does is it, it just tightens up the foundations with Rodri and Stones dictating in midfield. Stones has been wonderful this season. And suddenly ahead of them, you have true, the the, the free eights that, that Guardiola had in those early years are, have got much more license to to get forward. They, may, they maybe did the seasons season, last season and the season before that. So you will see Gundogan crashing the box. And we saw those two brilliant goals he scored against Leeds. Um, De Bruyne as well. And then just the sort of wizardry, uh, really, Bernardo Silva and, and Jack Grealish have got license to beat their men one on one down the flanks. And I think for all the, I mean, a lot of the time we talk about, and 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 Mike was right to point out what Vinny and, and Rodrigo can do down their flanks. But I struggle to see what what answers City uh, Madrid have to Grealish running at them, to Bernardo and and De Bruyne interchanging. That to me is where they'll. I, I, I think we'll see something more classically City get to the byline, cut it back. There's Haaland. And like everyone said, this time the ball goes in the net. Yeah, I I, I agree with you, James, that I don't think we're going to see any big changes, any wrinkles apart from Kyle Walker coming in, possibly a back four to give more balance to the overall scheme. But we've seen City attack with this back three and in transition move to a back four. The biggest wrinkle that I've seen since the Bayern tie, since City have really established themselves as the current best team in the best form in the world has been Kevin De Bruyne playing higher up to connect with Erling Holland. It allows him to be direct, and that has been a game changer in Manchester City and Pep Guardiola's play. We haven't seen a Pep team be so direct. It's all been about this renaissance football, the beautiful game, and I think that that directness, and we saw Madrid struggle against teams that have lumped it in the channel. Copa de Real final, I saw them struggle. Militao was horrendous in running back to goal. Antonio Rudiger, should he get to the start, he has also been worrisome in tracking back. You know he's good for a mistake on either half. And I think the pressing ability of Manchester City, if Madrid don't shoot them in the foot, the pressing ability of Manchester City could cost mistakes in this first leg. I worry about discipline when you mention his name. That's where I worry yeah. about in a tie like this. Discipline will come into play really big here, I think. Obviously, City... Um, I would imagine would be very controlled, recognizing their target. But for Real Madrid in particular, for them to have a chance, they need to keep 11 players on the field as quickly as possible. They need to give themselves their best possible chance to have the strongest 11 in that second leg and and keep it a close affair in the first one. Uh, let's get to prediction from you boys here. James, I'll start with you. Uh, give me a scoreline prediction. If you have a scorer as well, throw it in. Yeah, 2-0 City. This Erling Haaland lad's mm. quite good. I think he might get at least one of them. <laughs> I, th- I think I've always looked at this as goals and goals and goals. And I think 2-2 first leg. I like that. I like that one. And obviously we saw goals last year. I don't think we'll see as many goals here. So I'm going to go for a 1-1 first leg affair. Um, if City score an early goal in 10 minutes into this game, oh. I think they'll score three or four. I hate to yeah. say it. I think they could score three or four. Um, all right, we're going to take a quick break, everybody. Thank you so much for listening to House of Champions. Please make sure you're jumping in the comments. We're trying to get to the best ones as much as we possibly can before I do jump into break. Alaba will not be raising any deck chairs this time around. I'm sorry to say that one right there. We have Ronaldo jumping back in here. Say Militao will be tomorrow but the Bernabeu will pick up the slack and Musto to answer your question is it true that Real Madrid will be without Modric tomorrow he did uh, come on the field uh, James you want to answer that one yeah he, he was back in the Copa del Rey final wasn't he um, I can't imagine he's going to miss that 
Nah. Can't imagine. I think that's probably why he's been taking this uh, well-deserved break, getting ready for the uh, last stages of this wonderful competition that he seems to like lifting so many times. All right, quick break from us when we turn our attention to the Milan Derby when we return. Did you know that while over 60% of Americans dream of starting their own business, less than 20% of them take the first step? The reason? Building a business is tough. Taylor Brands is simplifying the business journey. From launching and managing to growing your business, Taylor Brands isn't just another tool. It's your online business partner from launch to success. With Taylor Brands, building your dream business becomes an effortless experience. Their comprehensive platform guides you through every step, ensuring you have everything you need in one place. From LLC formation to bookkeeping, invoicing to acquiring licenses and permits, and even setting up your bank account, Taylor Brands handles it all seamlessly. And our listeners will receive 35% off Taylor Brands LLC formation plans using our link, taylorbrands.com slash CBS Sports. That's T-A-I-L-O-R-B-R-A-N-D-S dot com slash CBS Sports. So start your business journey today with Taylor Brands. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. If you're a US-based fan of the beautiful game, Paramount Plus is an absolute must-have subscription from the Serie A to the Champions League to NWSL and so much more in between. Not sure it's for you? Well... Then you can try one month for free by using the code EUROPE. Welcome back to House of Champions. You enjoy Michael Luden, James Benj with you. Um, before we do get into the Champions League, we do turn our attention to a Milan derby on the other side of the semi-final bracket. We cannot fail to mention that Napoli lifted Scudetto. They won the championship and it's great to see them do so. Michael Hood, happy days for Napoli. Yeah, happy days for Nigel Coker as well. We'll give him his plaudits. He was one of the first people on House of Champions, along with the rest of the world, that were hyping up Napoli after they started getting that massive point gap. No, this is what football needs. This is what Serie A needs. The darlings of football this year in Italy getting their kudos. And I'm so happy for Luciano Spalletti. I, I look back to his time at AS Roma, doing things a different way, not always going for the big money moves. And credit to him, credit to Victor Osiman, and they've done it the right way, building a team. James? Yeah, I'm really kind of, those scenes in Naples, phenomenal. It's a mad city, and God knows, there must be some like American tourists out there, at other <laughs> tourists are available, who are just like, what on earth have we let ourselves in for? You know, we thought we'd have a nice little early spring <laughs> break in Italy what on earth is happening here a brilliant and can I just say a shout out to uh, my man Francesco Porzio his coverage mm. on the uh, site for us has been fantastic I think he's got an interview with Aurelio De Laurentiis up Ooh. and Aurelio De Laurentiis gives good quote and that's all you can ask it's been amazing to watch this area I crew at Paramount Plus. James, I know you won't have had the chance to do so um, yeah. over in the UK, but over here, they really dig deep into the culture of um, Italian football. They had De Laurentiis on their show um, post-winning um, the championship, and it was absolutely fabulous. I love to see 
that type of interaction between a network and a league or a club and certainly the fans. And I think, um, you know, credit to what they've done at Paramount Plus, but just real credit for Italian football for rejuvenating himself and obviously making it very, very uh, exciting once again for all of us to watch. And to see a story like this is just spectacular. So congratulations to Napoli and to their supporters around the world. And um, for Milan fans or Inter fans out there, don't worry, you got a semi-final to look forward to. Let's turn our attention there now. The game coming up on Wednesday, it is AC Milan against Inter Milan. Um, Mike, both teams battling for top four places in Serie A. Um, I guess the question would be which one needs to win the Champions League more? Or is there a focus that's maybe been taken away from the top four race um, from Milan's side? Mm, I think that this is... I want to look at more the inter side of things. This is an inter side that is going up against an AC Milan side that, remember, with all the plot that's going to Napoli, these were the defending champions of Serie A last year. They're taking it to another level, young team, but they already had a moment of, of triumph and achievement last season. And you got to look at Rafael Leal. The question marks over his injury fitness, that gives me a lot of question. I know we'll, we'll jump on that very soon, but that gives me a lot of question going into this tie from the Milan side. For the Inter side, the season started in just catastrophic fashion. We were talking about, is Simone Inzaghi going to lose his job? But the Champions League has been a reprieve and cup competition as well. Don't forget, they are in a final. I mean, this is a team that's built for the cup and built for knockout stages. And I, I make them slight favorites going into this tie. Or Inter. Inter, yeah. Is that entirely off the Leao injury? I think so, yeah. That, yeah. that tips it in that favor. But even before that, I think the likes of Latara Martinez getting back on the score sheet, this is an Inter side that haven't had their best players scoring or contributing anything. It's been their defenders and Andre Onana that's really propped them up and gotten them through to this point. Yeah, especially in the Champions League, Onana has been fantastic. I guess from Leao's perspective, it sounds like it's very up in the air. I always worry when you see those headlines that are like, Rafael Leao assures fans he'll be fit. I'm like, I'd really like AC Milan's medical department to assure uh, mm. fans that Rafael Leao is going to be fit because, you know, we're seeing the stats there. 12 goals, 7 assists in Serie A. Mm. He would be the best player on the pitch. Having said that, if he's not on the pitch, isn't Mike Mignon the best player on the pitch? It's a good shout. Teo Hernandez, Olivier see, Giroud. There, yeah. When I kind of run through the, the, the teams, and I know Milan have struggled of late, I feel like the quality is more on Milan's side. And, and I'm looking back at that quarterfinal, I think they know what they'll need to do to disrupt Inter. And that all starts with that man, Hakan Chalanolu who out of nowhere is like the reincarnation of Andrea Pirlo in Turkish form and somehow more handsome, by the way. Um, you know, he sits deep. He is a, the king of progressive passes, almost more than, uh, you know, the likes of Stanislav Lobotka. What he can do is not just get the ball 10 yards up the pitch. He can get the ball 40 yards up the pitch and get Martinez and get Lukaku into positions for a shot, you know, the edge of his own third, and he'll turn that into an attack right away. But what Milan did brilliantly on Lobotka in the uh, in the two legs of the quarterfinal was Ben Asser just followed him around. I am sure you guys have done this job and had this job done to you. Just on him, like you know, it, it was every ninety every minute of the ninety minutes. Lobotka couldn't turn around without Ben Asser being like, "What are you doing, mate? What are you doing? No, no, you're not going there, mate. Not a chance. You stay with me. I've got you, mate." And that could really slow down Milan. I know that I know they have real quality in that midfield elsewhere, but it's about being able to get the ball up the pitch quickly to exploit Lautaro's pace, to exploit Mkhitaryan. 
if Ben Asser can do the same job on Chalanolu, and I think he can, then that's why I'm sort of I'm shading towards Milan. But I think we're kind of everyone here is is of the view that this is going to be really tight, and uh, it could be determined by the finest margin. I love that, and 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 listen tactically. I think it's very difficult to if you've watched Milan and you've watched Inter in the Champions League, and obviously a lot of the time we're focusing on big names. We obviously want to see how the English teams do. We're watching, um, I'm watching German teams, and sometimes I take my eyes away from the Italian teams and defensively what they have managed to do in this competition to get to this stage. I mean, if I think of Milan, that performance against Spurs in London, um, defensive performance, very solid performance. If I think of Inter against Porto over two legs, not conceding a goal. Um, defensively, Mike, this is maybe where this game might be won or lost. Now, James makes a great point right here. Defensively, how do you break that down when it comes to a competition like the Champions League where both of these teams want to win it? Both of these teams have the talent to win it. But set plays comes into yeah. play in a big way here. And having a player like Chananoglu, who, in my opinion, is probably one of the best free kick takers I have yes. ever oh, seen yep. and dead ball takers that I have ever seen, free kicks might be the difference when it comes to a game like this. I'm so glad you're touching upon that because that's exactly what I was thinking when, James, you mentioned the return of Cherenoglu. This is an Inter Milan side that are very happy winning ugly. I think that AC Milan, they've learned how to do that and learned how to be pragmatic in ways that they weren't up until that Napoli tie. This is an Inter side that back-to-back knockout phases, they've said, you know what? We have no problem in that first leg going direct, having our two front two defend for their lives and and maybe having Romelu Lukaku come in and be very disruptive. Their, their outside backs have been industrious in getting forward and they will have no problem making this one of those hack-a-shack sort of games on the likes of Olivier Giroud, Teo Hernandez, and making this ugly and an emotional affair. The one thing that we can be almost guaranteed, I predict a red card coming across these two legs. It's a Milan derby. There is always drama. In, look at my hands. There's always drama in the Milan derby. <laughs> <laughs> James, anything? Oh, I mean, I really like your point on on set pieces. I, do, I mean, we should remember that that Milan have you know you hit Olivier Giroud and and he's pretty hard to beat in the air. Um, but the the other thing I hadn't maybe thought about from an inter perspective, and I'm kind of re- readjusting my viewpoints on there's some good options off the bench for them, isn't there? You know, the likes of. I, I assume that Lukaku and Lautaro start, but you, you you take two of three alongside Edin Dzeko as well. And that's three canny operators who know what they're doing. I love AC Milan's young defenders. Those AC Milan young defenders haven't played, and they, they've played big games. They've not played big games like this. Fikayo Tomori is phenomenal, and he will become... And, and so is Malik, Malik Tio. I think that's how you pronounce yeah, it, Pierre yeah. Kalulu. Um and I remember seeing them in that, Tamori in particular, in that game against Tottenham. It was so easy for him. I don't know if that was all Spurs. I think some of it was him. Um, <laughs> yep. But these are the nights, especially in the biggest Milan derby in 20 years, these are the nights that really test your concentration, that test your reliability. And I feel like it must, you know better than me, it must be harder for the defenders. It just, you know, if you're a young defender in this sort of atmosphere, it must be so tough. Yeah, I'm with you there. 
Um, so are many people here who are jumping in the chat right now. Uh, we do have a great comment coming in from uh, Rafa. Brahim Diaz is very underrated, in my opinion. Ivan saying AC Milan is clear. Ari Roy saying Tanali, Benacer, and Krunic. These three are going to be key. Ed jumping in and saying without Leal, it will be up to Milan's defense to win this tie. Then we had uh, the last one. Where was it? I think Lotaro is better with Jeko at least this season. Lotaro needs to step it up in the Champions League. Oh, only yeah. three Champions League goals over the last two seasons. I know he scored in the last game, um, but I'm, I'm not mistaken with the fact that his statistics haven't been great in the Champions League, even though he's been cleaning up. Now, Inter, obviously, I'll leave you with this one here. Mike, I want to get your quick opinion on this one. Inter might need to win it to save uh, Simeone and Zaki's uh, job here when it comes to <laughs> next season. Um, but give me your prediction overall. Inter clearly in great form. They're not conceding goals. If I'm not mistaken, they've won their last five and banged in a whole yeah. bunch of goals in that five. So your thoughts on Inter and then give me your predictions. James, take it away after Mike. I think it's going to be a very close tie, very emotional tie, as I said. I'm not going to bring the hands out because I did it once. I see the first leg being 1-1, and I think the Rafael Leal factor, if the injury puts him out, puts him a major doubt for this first leg, and it's all bent up on the second leg, I see Inter Milan going through. Too many options off the bench, and the fact that your front two are now starting to score goals in Edinjeko even get in the mix, Martinez getting in the mix, and Romelu Lukaku has been silently scoring goals and making stuff happen, whether he starts or comes off the bench. I favor Inter. I'm inching towards Milan. I'm going on the assumption that Leo can play and play well, but uh, that seems to be the hope from a Milan perspective. I'm going to say 2-0. Like, don't think it's going to be a comfortable 2-0, but I think Milan will, will just about get the job done in the first leg and will reach the final where they will lose to whoever they play. Is it illegal if I say no, no? Oh, boring. No, Is it so, illegal? It's, it's so Syria Milan Derby-esque. Yeah, it's true. I mean, there's very rarely there is a, a nil-nil game between these two. Yeah. Normally, it's fireworks. And normally, you see early goals in this tie. It's normally first, you know, fit 25, 30 minutes, you see a goal or two in this game. And it is explosive. But I think there's so much at stake for both of these clubs. There's so much at stake. So... I think the first game could be a draw here, and I'm leaning towards a nil-nil rather than a one-one. I think it could be a very, very close game, and I, and I don't want to say that. I know it's it's quite crap to say that, but and I hope I'm wrong. I hope we see explosive three-three game, but I'm leaning towards a draw here, and not very many goals in this one. And it, you know, I'm probably Mr. Boring today because I said one-one in a boring <laughs> game in Madrid, and now I'm saying nil-nil in the other leg. But I'm I know why you're saying this. this. Why? It's because I've got to step up into the presenter's chair on Wednesday and you want me to have the hardest, <laughs> hardest job in show business, turning that into a podcast. Mm. No, no. Welcome to the show, everybody. <laughs> All right. Another quick break from the boys here and then we'll turn our attention to what else is happening around UEFA competition on Thursday when we return to the crowd. Mm. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Let's go! It's the most all-star studded challenge ever. And this time, it's every competitor for themselves. Best challenge ever! The Challenge All-Stars. New season now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Go to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Terms apply. 
Welcome back to House of Champions. Ian, Mike, and James with you. Let's get into Europa League and a bit of conference, a bit of fun before we get out of here. Uh, as we turn our attention to the Europa League, the two ties, James, are Roma against Leverkusen, Juventus against Sevilla. Um, I know you're a fan of Florian Wirtz. That's probably oh, yeah. why you'll be watching this competition <laughs> in particular. Um, didn't play well at the weekend, Leverkusen. They lost their first game, if I'm not mistaken, in 15 14. games under Xabi. Yeah. 14, there you go. Yeah. And they, they weren't good. They weren't good, but maybe... With this distraction of a big game against Roma coming up, it's going to be something that they're going to focus and turn their attention to because Leverkusen can beat Roma, but it's a difficult ask against Mourinho's sides. Yeah, I think you really hit the nail on the head there. And I mean, we've got a piece coming up in the next few days with Vitz and with Jeremy Frempong talking us through Leverkusen. And I think one of the things that shines through is, look, you know, all competitions are important, but I think Leverkusen know that I mean they certainly certainly know after the defeat to Cologne that, that this is the big one for them they're obviously not a club that win many trophies and um, this would be their first, second mm. uh, European trophy after UEFA Cup in the 80s but yep. also I mean the top four was long gone and it's amazing that they even entered the race as a mathematical possibility I agree um, in the last they were almost relegated I know oh, yeah I, yes. and <laughs> You know, what Xabi Alonso has done, and uh, you know, the the guys are telling me this, it starts with really fixing that defense, turning what was a bit of a drain early in the season and even last season when they're playing well into something very solid. Didn't see that against Cologne, but I think we can call that a one-off. Mm-hmm. And then for me, and this is going to be the challenge for Mourinho, Mourinho can come up with a way of slaying Florian Witz through the middle. Can he do that and stop that Diaby Frimpong right flank? I mean, that the, between them, I think they have something like 40 goal contributions, 40 yeah. goals and assists. <laughs> and there's no one in the Roma squad who's quick enough to keep up with them. That will be the real challenge. And it almost, in a way, is going to suit Leverkusen to play the first leg away from home, to mm. play that counter-attacking football, soak up pressure, hit Diaby. Um yeah, I, I mean, if you go and look at like 538 places like that, they have Leverkusen as favourites to win the whole competition. Mm. I think rightly so. Yeah, this is going to come down between youth and uncharted waters for Leverkusen in this sort of competition in the modern era and the experience of Roma and Jose Mourinho. I know we've talked about Roma so much in what they've done in cup competition, but in league, that has no bearing. They haven't been good in, in the league as of late. The last four matches just haven't been good. And the one... Key factors, no Paulo or Paulo Dybala starting in each of those matches. He has been their go-to guy. They brought him here to deliver trophies and to take the team to another level. I think him being refreshed is going to be a little wrinkle for Jose Mourinho. And even if Roma do not get a result in this first tie, and I do like the shout for Leverkusen to be on the road to get a result in this first leg because they have been much better on the road since a knockout competition on, than they have been at home. And I think it probably suits young players to not have that added pressure of playing at home in front of your fans and going on the road where you're playing with some bit of house money. But over across the two ties, experience in the semifinals is a big, big thing. And I just cannot count against Jose Mourinho in any European competition. It's just so hard. Especially when it comes over two legs, right? That first yeah. leg now being at home for Mourinho is interesting because had it been a second leg in Roma, I probably would agree with you. But I actually think that Leverkusen, especially, don't forget, you're talking about experience. We're talking about Xavi Alonso, who knows European Ooh. competition yeah. more than most. And um, I think his game plan will be 
maybe a bit more of a counter-attacking game than we have previously seen with a Leverkusen because Roma have been very suspect defensively, as you pointed out, over the recent games. They're not all happy at the club right now. We don't know what's happening with Mourinho's future. There's a lot of uncertainty at that club. They did have European success last season. We we respect Mourinho's um, history in this competition and it's hard betting against Mourinho. But I just think that if you look at Leverkusen's lineup, and I obviously go to the, the offensive part of the game, as James pointed out, Frimpong, fabulous footballer. And then you've got Diaby just playing ahead of him. Then you've got Adley, who's getting in behind with his pace. Then you've got Florian Wirtz, who might be one of the best players, if not the best player in the Bundesliga this season, let alone um, he's been injured for most of it. So I think you're you're recognizing this is a big ask for Roma more than it is a big ask for Leverkusen. So I actually give the slight advantage here to Leverkusen if they can get a good result in that first leg because I don't see Roma scoring two or three goals against Leverkusen in Leverkusen. I think it could be uh, lights out. I'd love to see Leverkusen in a final. Uh, who makes it into the final to meet them there? Is it Juventus or Sevilla, James? Oh... I think Sevilla, there's something about this competition, and they have really stepped up. I know they lost to Girona at the start of the month, but beat Espanyol in quite thrilling fashion this weekend. And Juventus, this is a bit, uh, uh, a bit in and out, isn't yeah. it? And, and again, good result for them against Atalanta, but I don't really trust them. I don't trust Sevilla either, but <laughs> I kind of, you know, in that case, you just go for the football heritage, to quote your man, Mourinho. Yeah, I I made the mistake of questioning Sevilla. I'm still butthurt about that second leg against Manchester United. I won't do that same mistake again. I think this is their competition to at least get to a final. And your big name players in that team, your players that when the season started that weren't firing, El Nesri, he was everything for Morocco. He's been everything in this competition as of late. And Lucas Ocampos. This guy has really stepped up in the last couple of weeks since that second leg win for Sevilla. Those two players are really galvanizing this team to play like a team. A good Sevilla team is really hard to beat at this stage in the competition. So I'm going Sevilla. Ed's going with you there. He says, no matter how bad Sevilla look, just can't rule them out. It's as if they're ne- they're destined to be a Europa mm. League finals forever. Might as well yeah. rename this trophy if they make it to the <laughs> final once again. Um, but I, I do find it hard betting against Juventus. I really do. I, I don't know why. And I always have the habit of betting ag- um, against Sevilla as well. I'm always like, Sevilla, they can't keep doing this. They can't keep doing this. And then they keep doing this. Um, but there's something about Juve right now with all the uncertainty with domestic points and things like that. They are taking this competition incredibly serious. And I think that they have every chance of lifting this trophy because they have the score to do so. But every time I watch Juventus, I can't figure them out. I, I just can't. I, I'm like, it doesn't seem to me like the players are enjoying playing there right now. There's no free-flowing football. It's just... Let's just put players out there and see if we win a game. And and, and then you've got a, a superstar like Vlahovic, and that drives me absolutely crazy because this guy is absolute class, but they don't play to his strength. And he sometimes looks like a lost dog out there, just wandering around, hoping that someone will pet him. And that's <laughs> what he is right now. He could be a match winner for them. So I hope they rely on Vlahovic a little bit more. So I'm excited to see how the Italian teams do here, but I hope the German team makes it to the final against Juventus. That would be my prediction. Uh, your guys, uh, this first leg, obviously, let's get a quick uh, prediction on the scoreline here. Leverkusen, Roma, Juventus, Sevilla. Mike, start with you then, James. I go 1-1. Leverkusen, they've proven they can score goals. They can score them a lot. But like we saw last time, the first leg, not as much of a goal fest. Roma, back line, deep line. 
going to be a struggle. And then Sevilla, Roma, I go one or Juve, I go one nil Sevilla in the first leg. Yeah, I agree with Mike on the uh, Leverkusen Roma score. I'm going one all there. Uh, Juventus Sevilla. Oh God, even thinking about it just makes heart a little <laughs> sleepy, doesn't it? Uh, nil nil. And you just had a go at me, James Bench. You just I know. Uh, I mean, that is the nil. It's got nil-nil written all over it. <laughs> I'm going for Leverkusen to get a sneaky win here. Why would I not? Uh, Bundesliga heart speaking right here. 2-1 to Leverkusen. I think we will see. Watch out for Adley. I just, I've just got a feeling he's, he's going to be uh, he's good. a story maker right here. Um, Juventus, I'm getting the victory here, especially at home. I'm thinking they can get the job done by two goals to nil against Sevilla. And that second leg is going to be an absolute banger. Uh, let's turn our attention real quickly before we do get out of here to what's happening on Thursday in the Europa Conference League. We have Fiorentina against Basel. We have a West Ham against Alkmaar. Real quickly, James, West Ham against Alkmaar. This is a great game to look forward to. Alkmaar are a tough team. I watched them against Ajax. I'm sure you did as well, Mike, this weekend. Um, it was a cracking game. They could have won that game. Alkmaar are a real dangerous team. Their youth team had great success in the under-19s UEFA um, Champions League or Youth Champions League or Youth League or whatever it's called. Recently, they were champions. Um, and this is a top, top team. But West Ham... Mm. They were pretty good this weekend, man. I was really impressed with their performance this weekend. They look good going into this game. Yeah, I mean, look, I didn't watch Alkmaar last weekend. I know that everyone sort of <laughs> thinks that, like, as journalists, we somehow just have, like, this e these extra hours in the day where we're not working and we're not covering games and we can just <laughs> stick on the Eredivisie. Uh, uh, so all I can do is talk here about West Ham, who have who were always better than their results, even in the dark times, and have really started to lift and turn things around. Uh, Declan Rice right now is in the best class. in the Premier League, the best midfielders in the world. He dominates games. Yeah. And uh, the London Stadium on those European nights, it's, I mean, I tell you, it's, it's as, almost as loud as the uh, little mini stadium they've got around the corner for that uh, virtual ABBA show. Um, <laughs> and I mean, you know, that I, I feel like the Thursday night, it's going to be this brilliant crossover of middle-aged mums who've gone to see the Abatars uh, and West Ham fans celebrating <laughs> their, their passage to the Conference League final. I think they're going to do it. Um, I can't wait to see them against Fiorentina in the final. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm a more of a believer with what I saw West Ham. Just the way that they soaked up pressure, the way they baited Manchester United into just a disastrous performance. They have really gained confidence in this competition, and I think they get through and go to the final. We've seen this competition be a good platform for Dutch sides. Last year, Feyenoord, good young Dutch players getting a boost and getting to a final, but I think West Ham, too much quality at the end of the day. The other side, Fiorentina, very high on this team. Nico Gonzalez, the likes of Cabral, they have depth off the bench, and Jovic, this guy, or Jokic, this guy has left Jokic. Real Madrid. <laughs> Jokic, geez, I have my coffee's wearing off. The 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 guy up top who we're talking about, he has left Real Madrid and really found a new home in Florence. And this competition has really been a home for him. I think they get through through this tie and get to the final. Mm, be careful ruling out this Basel say They've been pretty impressive as well. Um, do you remember, Mike, a couple of episodes when James Benj went on this rant about young kids asking for jerseys? That's not, that? not what it's about. It's not about that. Yep, I I remember. Well, there was a beautiful moment yesterday after our West Ham game, and I thought it was uh, touching the hearts of all of us, including one James Bench with Declan Rice after the West Ham game. Um, there was a young supporter. Uh, take a look at this if you get a second. Young supporter waiting for a jersey. It's a great moment. It's it's just. Um, oh, 
coming. James, how can you not like this? Uh, well, uh, so I have to be very clear on this. My issue is not with young supporters asking for jerseys. I don't like that. But it's really about the horrible little cardboard signs um, that that they bring along. It annoys me. I don't really know why. Um, and this kid evidently has not brought the cardboard sign. He has just waited patiently for Declan Rice to... And, and I mean, uh, even if I... You know, I mean, I don't like it, but you can't, you can't, you can't help but be blown away by the generosity of spirit of, of England international Declan Rice. There, what a guy! Um, I think, you know, he is so, he's so, um, he's <laughs> James. So call admirable. our producer Des here. Producer Des just said, oh just an entitled days. whiny. I want your shirt. Way worse in my opinion. No, producer no, Des this because it, the, the thing is, he's put in the hard yards. He has waited till the bitter end. He's not just like right at the final whistle. Gone is my sign. He has. <laughs> He has what? waited it out. He has waited out Declan Rice. He has beaten Marcus Rashford to that shirt. That shirt was mixed with Marcus Rashford. Um, fair play to Declan Rice. What a wonderful pro this guy is. He seems great fun. Seems like he's someone you'd want in your locker room. And uh, as we all know, every big six Premier League team want him in their locker room. Um, yeah. Really like this guy. Um, and I think West Ham will will miss him nice. an awful lot. Mike? All I'll add to this is, is that at the end of this season... On House of Champions, James, we are going to get you a signed kit or a game-worn jersey from a player. Because I just – these are the moments that make football straight in the beautiful bin. game. <laughs> straight in the bit. No, this is just a, a magical moment. And like you said, just makes me respect Declan Rice more. Makes me wish he was at a certain club versus some others this coming summer window. But uh, class act from him and just beautiful moment. Are you saying you don't have a signed jersey at all, James? No. What? It just, that. Well, I, I think so. There must be one that you would love. Well, I, I, but it's, I mean, it kind of, so I don't, I mean, it's part of the job really that you can't be doing that. I don't know what it's like in MLS, guys, maybe MLS reporters. And Americans do like to criticize us Brits about, our, about our professional qualities in journalism. But um, it's just not like appropriate to stop for selfies. You know, you're there as a, 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 the only exception I made was at a charity match a few years back that involved AC Milan legends. And the the one person that I just was like, I've got to get his autograph. Bizarrely, Zvonimir Boban, who I'm sure we all remember very fondly. Yeah. Uh, I got him to sign the the program for this AC Milan legends game. And uh, he, it, yeah. That's the only time I've broken that rule. And I would break it again for Boban because I absolutely loved him. James, in 2014 Brazil World Cup, I worked mm. with Boban and I worked oh, with George oh, Ware. No oh. yeah. And I, you know, I grew up watching that Milan side and um, like awesome. those two were just like, I, I just, I couldn't mean, I just couldn't believe it. And they were sitting, Boban didn't speak great English at that time, but he was enough, he was good enough to get on the show. And uh, I had Rude Hula, I had George Weah and Boban on the set of the show. And I just thought to myself, wow. what is happening in life right now? Big moments. Anyway, listen, love you guys. Appreciate you, Bo. And uh, make sure you enjoy the games tomorrow. James, uh, good luck on uh, Wednesday, Wednesday, I believe. Mm. And I know you're going to be at the game tomorrow. No, I'm not going to Madrid. Might do the oh, second okay. leg. Oh, wow. okay. 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 I think that's next week you're going, right? Yeah. As long as there's still something to play for. Obviously, right. my prediction being that the title will be over in the first leg. 4-0. 7-0. 7-0.
Shout out to everybody out there. on me, isn't it? <laughs> we appreciate you all. Thanks, everybody, for listening to House of Champions. Please take a minute to leave us a rating and review on your favorite podcast platform. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and anywhere else you listen to your podcast. Also available as videos, so subscribe to us on YouTube and leave a comment if you possibly can as well. Back again on Tuesday, post-Champions League games. Looking forward to a post-Champions League game. I'm hoping it's a cracking game to review, and then I hope it's a boring 0-0 game on Wednesday for James to review <laughs> with you and the boys. Thanks, everybody. We'll see you again post-game on Tuesday. Sonic the Hedgehog, a new hero arrives. I am ready. Is there anyone stronger? No. Tougher? No. Funnier? I do not make jokes. I make warriors. Knuckles, now streaming only on Paramount+. Plus. Yes!